This week on Behind the PFP. The UFC is worth over $12 billion now. And originally they were struggling uh, until they had a TV show called The Ultimate Fighter. And they were actually losing money. I remember and, The Ultimate Fighter. You know, I love that? that show. Yeah. yeah, that's what TV can do. So here's here I am seeing crypto struggle. You know, Doquan, SBF, all they talk about is the scandals. Meanwhile, I know some like you, we know so many good people that are trying to build real things that really believe in decentralization, that really believe in the power of blockchain and these incredible communities. And no one's talking about that. So I'm thinking maybe crypto needs an ultimate fighter moment. And that's that was my inspiration behind the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the PFP. Thank you so much for your patience while I enjoyed my vacation hiatus. We're off with a bang, and I have a great guest for you today. He is an artsy investment banker turned crypto degen and most recently Hollywood producer. Jet, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here, Jade. Now, you and I had the chance to get to know each other quite a bit. We spent most of last week filming the new TV show, The Next Crypto Gem, which I definitely want to get to in a minute. But first, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about your background for those that don't know you, how you first got into crypto, and even your story before that, when you were in a band. Is that right? And then you decided you had to start making some money and get into investing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I originally am from New York. Uh, I went to Cross Coast, went to school uh, up in Northern California in UC Berkeley, I originally wanted to do all artistic stuff. So I was very into filmmaking, music production. Um, I was with a production group that actually did a bunch of remixes for classified records. I worked with some, uh, did some remixes for SWV, Maya, other, other groups. And um, eventually what happened was I decided that I'm not making enough money. <laughs> and um, as a young man in my early 20s or so, I decided that I really need to focus on uh, ways to be successful. It was going too slow. So I ended up being a business person. I wound up in mergers and acquisitions as um, in investment banking, uh, dealt with private equity firms, CEOs of companies, putting together deals. Uh, it was a very good learning experience. Got to learn with, meet a lot of successful people not nearly as fun as crypto. <laughs> and so I got into crypto around 2016 as an investor, um, been really interested in the space since only in the end of last year, fall of last year, did I get involved in leading a crypto community called Hourglass. And um, what we decided to do was try to find a way to add a lot of value into the Web3 space. So I brought together a partner who is the head of Neff Brands, and he's a very, very successful individual who owns a fintech company with 7,000 institutional clients and over 20 companies, including a TV production studio. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first project we tried to decided to do together with um, Hourglass and Neft Entertainment was the next Crypto Gem TV show. And so, as you know, as you're one of the guest stars who... Uh, I've been told by all the producers and directors is stealing the show with your with great performance. Um, 
it's it's been an incredible incredible ride and we just wrapped shoot um the the first season we have um some of the best people in crypto on there leah helpern brian d evans george uh from cryptos are us we have uh Ben Bitboy Armstrong in there in a guest starring role. And we also have one of the original sharks, um, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, uh, pro poker player, Tom Dwan. And, uh, it's going to be an exciting, exciting ride. I'm really happy with how the shoot went. It looks amazing. Uh, our distributors are thrilled and we're getting a really good reaction. Um, this is going to be everywhere in a couple months. We're going to reach hundreds of millions of homes. And over the next couple months, we're going to be announcing all the our platforms and regions that we're adding. Um, so it's going to be a really exciting time. And then on to season two. Wow. So there's a lot to unpack there. And yeah. um, thank you, because you answered like my next six questions in one answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. That, that was great. Uh, but one thing I didn't realize when you and I first started talking a couple months ago about me possibly being involved in the show is I didn't realize that this TV show was actually part of a bigger community and part of Hourglass and the weight token until I actually read the white paper. So I'm curious, how does the show really tie into this community? Is the token going to be more involved in the TV show? Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, that, that was kind of the genesis of the project. Um, I'm part of a, a community token community called Hourglass. I'm the one of the co-chairs. And when we got together with Neft, we were thinking, what can we do for all of crypto that will be good for everyone? And the, that's how we came up with the show. So the, the show is funded by myself and the head of Neft. And we're, our goal for the first season is to generate as much revenue and reach as possible. Um, some of that revenue and is going to come back into the hourglass community. Mm -hmm. And then season two and beyond, we're going to be adding token utility and integration. And um, I'm not going to give that away, but that'll be an announcement that we have over the um, the next few weeks or so. And if you think of it in one way, uh, one of my inspirations for the show was that uh, it was recently um, announced that um, the, uh, the UFC is worth over $12 billion now. And originally they were struggling uh, until they had a TV show called The Ultimate Fighter, and they were actually losing money. I remember and The Ultimate Fighter. I love that show. Yeah. yeah, that's what TV can do. So here's here I am seeing crypto struggle. You know, Doquan, SBF, all they talk about is the scandals. Meanwhile, I know some like you. We know so many good people that are trying to build real things that really believe in decentralization, that really believe in the power of blockchain and these incredible communities. And no one's talking about that. So I'm thinking maybe crypto needs an ultimate fighter moment. And that's that was my inspiration behind the show. And um, so, like, if you think of the ultimate fighter, um, if you think of the UFC, Hourglass is kind of like the the ufc of the next crypto gem the entity behind it mm -hmm. uh the project behind the project and then all the contestants each time all of those projects are like the fighters and so um hourglass will be involved with you know all of our every single season obviously um mm -hmm. of the next crypto gem 
So this is something that you and I have a lot in common because I agree with you that one of the biggest issues affecting crypto today is all the negativity and mainstream media. And this was a huge inspiration for me starting this podcast. I had met so many wonderful people like you who are building and working so hard in their space, in this space, but their stories were getting lost, you know, in all of the noise. Mm-hmm. And when I heard about your project, The Next Crypto Gem, and you were going to counter that negativity by showcasing all of these great people that are building in the space. And when I got to meet the contestants, I mean, the passion how and how much they, they love, I mean, it just emanates from them. Yeah. And I just know that that's going to translate in America, not just America, the entire world is going to be able to I see will. how much these people love it, right? When you get to actually meet the person and hear their stories and see just how much they love and care about it. It's not about the money for them. It's truly about bringing crypto mainstream adoption and doing it through an educational way. And that's what you're doing with your show. The next Crypto Gem is using education and entertainment to bring that mainstream. Um, So one thing that I was wondering, because I wasn't there for all of filming, but I know that the show was written with no coiners or normies in mind. So- For the lay person at home, you know, what do you hope their big takeaway is and how are you going to share all of this information without it going completely over their heads? Well, it's exactly what you said. Um, The problem with the mainstream media is that they like to simplify things in terms of just in a way that's very easy to turn into clickbait. And to do that, they like to draw black and white characters. And generally, cryptos are are people are portrayed as the villains, right? Yeah. And it's it's portrayed as this dark corner of the internet. They like to tell stories where people made it big and then they lost it all. And they like to portray us as shady characters. Mm-hmm. The problem is that 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 can only go so far when you when you actually get to know the real builders behind it, like you and I know the contestants and how good they are. We're, oh we, my God. <laughs> we can't leak that. Unfortunately, that will be known to the world in a couple, couple months. But um, as humans, we connect with stories, we connect with people. And so what I, what, what we've done is we've put crypto into a, a recognizable competitive reality show format where mm-hmm. it's dispensable because you want to know, how people do in the challenges, who's going to win it? How are they going to, how are these people going to overcome what they've been put through? Right. But you're also really getting to connect with these people, um, both the judges and the contestants on a really human level. And you get to know them. And I think that that overcomes all, all, all the FUD. And that's kind of what I'm, what we're trying to do here. We're humanizing crypto, showing the the people behind it. And it becomes impossible, I think, to to look at it in a very negative caricature way after you've seen these mm-hmm. contestants and their passion and their knowledge and how intelligent and smart they are. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, that uh, yeah, that's really uh, a unique way uh, of, of, of changing crypto and what, how we're trying to take it mainstream. I think that um, a lot of projects just look at things very technically and say that, okay, this is a technical white paper. If we do X, Y, Z, you know, everything, then it'll achieve this, which is great also. But we have to remember we are people, we are tribal. It's in our blood to connect via connecting with each other, connecting with stories. And we should never underestimate the power of um, media mm-hmm. and film. I love what you said. And the first thing that comes to my mind is 
you know, when the normal person at home watches the show and then sees a headline, maybe instead of just jumping to conclusions, they'll do a double take and think, well, hey, I watched this show. They're real people, the real building. I don't think every single person is a scammer or X, Y, and Z, like you said. So exactly, exactly. And we also did things purposely in terms of how we sequence the challenges to introduce no normie, no coiners into the basics of crypto. And so the idea is gradually as the episodes go on, they kind of learn more and more. And uh, we even have this really creative way of describing some of our terminology and um, and slang throughout the series. So you're being entertained, but you're also getting educated on the space at the same time. And uh, I know this works for me because I watch shows that I originally didn't care about the topic at all, but they're competitive shows. And now suddenly I know so much about survival, how to start, you know, when I'm watching survival shows now, I must have, must have seen how they make fire about 10,000 times from watching all those survival shows and create sh shelters with the tarps and everything. So, um, yeah, I think it really works when you're being entertained. It makes it a lot more fun to be educated too. Absolutely. And kind of tapping into that child within us all. And I yeah. just love the idea of my normie parents watching this at home. They are absolutely going to be watching this one because I'm finally going to be on something that's not YouTube that they have to go on a computer to watch. <laughs> but two, they're finally going to be able to watch and learn about crypto in a way. When I try to explain things to them, I just feel like it's always going over their head and their eyes glaze over and they look like a deer yeah. caught in headlights. So for you guys to do this in an engaging way, this is great for me. I have so many friends, not just my parents that reach out to me. What is crypto? What's a hard wallet? Explain this to me. So for you to be able to do this, you know, to so many people at the same time, I think that's a massive scope and it really excites me. And the other thing I would say is I want to thank you, Jet, because I feel like at least for my parents, and I know if it's true for them, it's probably true for others. When they see something on TV, it just gives them that little bit of credibility. Oh, it's on TV, so it must be okay. So thank you for validating my crypto journey with me and my parents, because once they see this, they're just going to say, you know what? I think I understand now why she got bit by that, that crypto bug. Right. And not only that, they get to see you uh, crushing it in, in all the <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I, I, I look, I, I, I hope it does exactly that. And there is something validating that once something is a TV show, then it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. And so really proud that we're going to get this, um, on air, uh, all over in the next couple months. Can you talk a little bit about the process for selecting the contestants or is that still under wraps? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, I, I, we had a few dozen contestants at the time. Our show was a little bit less of a known entity than it is now. And, uh, we, we looked for a, a number of them made it to this interview round where they interviewed with, with one of our producers. And then we ran them by judges. I think that we chose, and you know who they are, but you can't say, I think we chose really good in terms of the teams that made it to the, to the live show in mm -hmm. LA and uh, are the ones that the judges are critiquing and going through the challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, we're looking for people that are articulate, that have passion and that are interesting. And um, uh, I, I can't wait for, for people to find out. 
So I, I did see some of the filming and there's some fierce competition. The judges had a very difficult decision to make, at least while I was there. A lot of times the judges were sincerely torn. So like George and Brian would be like, gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I would just say, look, it's your decision. Judges have the power. It's up to you. And meanwhile, I'm literally thinking the same thing. And I, I was almost thinking, I'm glad I'm not one of the judges because there was a lot of cases where it's it's ambiguous where it's like, okay, well, this challenge, these people were more prepared perhaps, mm -hmm. but then maybe the other person was less prepared, but they were, they told a more heartwarming story or something. So how do you, how do you say who did better in that challenge? You have to somehow come up with the criteria and, and an algorithm in your head and then, and then make the call. And uh, what I will say is I think that all of the feedback and critiques from from Leah, George and Brian, they were all very reasonable, very objective. And I'm just so excited that they they did such a great job and they're, you know, we want we're already talking about season two now and how we can make things different. Some things a little bit better even. Mm -hmm. And um, we're, we're still evolving. I think that if you think back to American, the first American Idol with like Kev Kelly Clarkson, <laughs> Justin Guarini, I think is his name. And, you know, they went a long way too. They started somewhere and then they kept on building bigger and big and better. And so we're going to go through that same learning process as our seasons evolve. So you spent all of last week filming pretty much the entire season one. And those were some grueling hours. Just the days that I were there, uh, was there. Uh, you must be exhausted. But I was wondering if you can share any fun behind the scenes moments without any spoilers, of course. One of my favorite moments was when uh, two of my favorite crypto icons slash YouTubers got together and that was uh george and ben bitboy and uh george had actually told me the story that they had not met in person for five years and uh the last time they had met in person george had just started his youtube channel mm -hmm. and ben didn't hadn't even started his youtube channel yet so they were just like complete you know noobs and look look at where they are now they're i mean they're two of the biggest uh personalities in crypto and so imagine that journey is like, it's kind of like if you were in, in, in Hollywood and you were just like two extras and now suddenly mm -hmm. you're, um, you know, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon or something, right? It, it, it was really interesting. And they even, George even mentioned they had these little really silly crypto feuds over like, is this project good or not? And so they bickered a little bit, but it was all love when they came together. And I think that they both, uh, they both have so much respect for each other. And it was great watching them talk and connect and, and catch up after that many years. Um, the other favorite moment was when I encountered your feud, with, <laughs> your, your, your confrontation with BitBoy. And it turned out that BitBoy had blocked you. <laughs> so maybe you, I, I'll interview you and you can tell me the story of that and how, how you guys made up. And Yeah, this, so this was an interesting story for me. Um, I, I was so excited to see him on set because, I mean, there was a period of months where I watched his videos every single day and I was so excited to meet him, but I knew that he had blocked me because I said something so <laughs> stupid and we were on... <laughs> We were on set and I was like, hi, I'm so-and-so. It's such a pleasure to meet you. And then he's like, oh, what's your name? Oh, you're the girl I blocked on Twitter. And I cannot believe he remembers <laughs> that considering how many followers he has and how many people have said dumb things and 
he actually remembered specifically that he blocked you. He might have a photographic memory. <laughs> but what I want to say is we ended up having a really great conversation for about an hour afterwards, like after the filming was done. And I was blown away by getting to know him in person. He's a very yeah. polarizing character. He says what's on his mind and he's not afraid to say it. And I was immature. I said something stupid that I shouldn't have said. I was just repeating information. I didn't know him. I had no place to say it. And so I did apologize and he was really cool, accepted my apology. And he told me some fantastic stories about him, how he got into crypto, stories about him and other YouTubers, to the point where I started taking notes and I said, Ben, I love hearing this about you. You know, would you come on my podcast so I can share this side of you? If more people got to see this side of you, I think it would really do some good. And he said, he said yes. And so we're in the process of setting awesome. that up. That's yeah. amazing. So That's amazing. it was fun to get to see that side. And it was really, you know, fun for me to be able to come and meet all the judges. I'm a huge fan of Leia. I have been following her for so long and getting to meet her in person. I just think she's Perfect. a rock star, another person that is not afraid to see her mind. So it was so much fun for me to be on set and to meet my own crypto idols. I just, the best, the best time. Um, I'm so glad to hear that. And I think that there is something that changes when you meet people in person. I think a lot of people view Twitter sometimes as almost just like this little battleground. And it's just like, who can, you know, uh, who can, get this idea across that's like, but a bang, right? In the shortest amount of time. Yeah. But when you actually meet people and you have longer, deeper conversations, it, you get to understand that people, there's more depth involved with people. There's a lot more gray. It's not just black and white, good or bad. And um, that's why I really like, I like listening to um, like the Joe Rogan podcast, the Tim Ferriss podcast. I love yeah. that long format, like what we're doing because over lots of, you know, at least tens of minutes or hours, you get to get a bigger picture view of what people mm -hmm. are really about rather than just this tweet, this tweet, boom, 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 you know, and it's, it's more like a game. And sometimes, you know, I think, um, but no, I'm really glad that that, that you guys made up and I did send you a, a quick uh, snippet of the video of you guys uh, making up as well. <laughs> it's a great video. I'll see if, yeah. see if I can share it. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I also, I think that's why the next crypto gem is going to do great things because it shows that side of people that the normal person wouldn't be able to see when they're reading through a white paper or some docs. So with that yeah. being said, um, as far as the future goes, when can we expect season one? Okay. I've heard you've teased now a season two and a season three. <laughs> yeah. Can we expect what's the alpha? Okay. Well, season one is going to drop somewhere around the June, July area. We don't know exactly. Uh, we're going, uh, the show is going to be at MIP TV. Uh, I think it's April 18th, 20th, which is the largest TV distribution conference in the world. Uh, we're going to be represented there. We already have a ton of distribution. We're already in um, over 170 platforms, over 50 countries, over 12 languages, but we're going to be in even more. So it's going to be really exciting over the next few weeks as we roll out one by one, all the new platforms that we're on. Uh, we already know that um, the show is going to be very profitable based on our investment in it, just based on our existing deals. And so it's very easy to, to say that we're going to be doing season two and season three. Um, we're going to do season two bigger and better 
at least double the budget. We're going to have an even bigger studio, even more camera people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you are going to be part of season two, by the way. <laughs> we, uh, the producers really liked you. So we want you to be a uh, continuation um, as well as uh, the judges and our, and our, you know, several of our guest stars. So we're definitely going to be doing season two. I don't know exactly when we're going to have the call for contestants for that, but uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. And, um, well, season three is just an idea at this time that we mm-hmm. that I'm sure will happen, but we'll just focus on season one season and season one two. And season. <laughs> yeah. So after all the fun that you're having now working in crypto and Hollywood and making TV, I'm going to guess you're not going back to TradFi anytime soon. Oh, you mean like the, the, the mergers and acquisitions deal making stuff? No, mm-hmm. that was, it was really, um, you learn a lot from that job, but it's very frustrating because you have to come up with these ideas for, for like CEOs and for private equity firms of which 99% don't turn into anything. And then, so you're always proposing possibilities, like perhaps you can buy this company and it'll be synergistic, but 99% of the time they don't come to anything. So you feel like you're spinning your wheels. Then that 1% of the time, it is so important because it ends up being like a $1,000 million deal Mm -hmm. that that's what you did all the work for. But I find from a human standpoint, you feel like you're just, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. um, trying to cut down a tree with a hammer or something. You know, it's very frustrating Mm -hmm. as opposed to what I've experienced with the show is that we've had so many partners that see what we're doing in crypto and they like it and they, they share our mission. So like Luna PR, one of the best PR firms, they said, we also want to educate the masses and simplify it. So they wanted to be our media partners, uh, coin the Dubai based, um, arm of coin telegraph. Uh, and now we're talking with, um, club three, which is part of Animoca almost every day. So we're really, I mean, Animoca is a multi-billion dollar brand. I think there's so much we can do together with them. And uh, it the the ratio of successful partnerships in mm-hmm. crypto and when you have a unique TV show versus investment banking mm-hmm. and trying to do a merger, it's not even close. This is so much better. One thing that I like to ask all my guests, well, two things, is what mm-hmm. do you feel is your biggest accomplishment or proudest moment in the space? And then on the flip side, what do you think is your biggest challenge and how did you overcome it? I know that we've talked about quite a few things that you're proud of and a couple of challenges, but if you could single out one proud moment and one challenge, what would they be and why? I think the thing that I'm I'm the proudest about is really our community and Hourglass because we have so many people and you could see a lot of them even use the Hourglass as their avatar profile pick that all the cryptos out there, there's thousands of cryptos. They've decided to make this part of their core identity and they're in our, you know, telegram chat all the time. And they believe in what we're doing with, with taking crypto mainstream and with the TV show and all these other integrations we're going to do with Neft with all their other apps Mm -hmm. as well. And so I think that that's probably the thing that I'm proudest about, just that we were able to have such a smart community and of, of people that believe in us. And they believed in us even when it was just an idea. I was I was at Decentral, one of the uh, convention in Miami, mm-hmm. uh, just in November. And we hadn't officially announced even that we had any of the judges yet or anything, but we just had a, um, we had a um, exhibit there. And a lot of people really liked the idea but there were quite a bit of skeptics that were just like, 
TV show, crypto, this is never going to happen. It's never going to see light. Uh Is this another rug? Is this another scam? (laughs) You know? And so a lot of people just didn't, they didn't know the cloth of which, you know, myself and my partners are cut. In our world of business, in non-crypto world, um, you have to execute. Uh, There's no other choice. I mean, if you say you're going to do something, you have to do it. So the moment we said we were going to do the show, we were 100% committed to doing the show. And you were there. You know that we didn't skimp. Um, We went out. (laughs) And um, it's going to be – and same thing with season two. If we say we're going to go twice as big season two, that's what we're going to do. So I think that the other – other than the community, the other proudest thing is just that we – that we – uh, walk the walk and what we promised and we're ahead of schedule even. Wow. That is incredible. And I think you touched on an important point. It feels to me that, um, I know that you're a crypto person, but as far as the partners mm-hmm. goes, they're not really crypto people. They're media people or, you know, business people that are trying to do crypto. So they're not familiar with this rug pull DJ I'm going to say, I'm going to do something and set up a website for a couple grand and then rug pull like that's not in their jargon like they're going to set up a business and they're going to do it they're going to deliver it and that's what you guys are doing and i think that's what sets you apart and when i was on set i was absolutely blown away this was a full-on production (laughs) yeah yeah i think that what happens is that the more we build the foundation stronger and stronger the more everyone comes on board. So in the beginning when it was just an idea it was the hardest sell then when we got brian evans He's one of the most credible VCs in crypto. I love Brian. He's helped so much in so many ways. That was a really strong brick, you know? Mm -hmm. And now we can get Leia because she knows that we have Brian on board and we have, you know, Neff Brands on board, you know, an incredibly successful entrepreneur backing this. Um, Then that opened. Then George is like, okay, I I like Brian and Leia as the other two judges. I'm in as the third judge. And then once we had them three... Mm-hmm. That led to being able to get BitBoy and and everyone else, and um, uh, you know, so so obviously, uh, it's brick by brick, and then we were able to build partnerships within crypto and outside crypto. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I really liked um, is that the cat, the people that the production people, you notice they weren't crypto people. I think you probably noticed, like the camera people, the the PAs, the grips. Yeah. You know what? At the end, in the beginning, a lot of them kind of had this perception of us. It was a kind of caricature, like, you know, just these basement dwelling weird, you know, people, cyberpunk people, you know. And at the end, a lot of them said, wow, I didn't never really knew that there were so many smart people, so many interesting ideas and so much going on. And a lot of them started asking me, like, how do I get involved? And so if you think of that as just a microcosm mm. of, of our show, that we were able to affect the people right, you know, that were right near us and involved in the making what's going to happen when, when now the show is going to reach, you know, millions and millions of people globally. I think we can, we can make an impact, you know? You're absolutely right. I heard more than a couple people say I bought my first crypto. Right. Right. That I was there. I definitely heard that. It works. Um, (laughs) One thing I wanted to ask you, I know that you've lived through three market cycles as Mm -hmm. an investor. So what advice would you give to someone new in the crypto space, all these new people that are going to be joining crypto because they've seen your TV show. What is the first piece of advice that you would give them? Uh, the first piece of your advice is don't be your, beat yourself up if you don't play the, the first cycle that you're in. Well, uh, the first cycle that I was in, the 2017, 2018 boom and bust, 
I, I didn't know what I was doing really. <laughs> I was just like everyone else, you know, FOMOing on Bitcoin, a little bit of Litecoin, XRP, didn't know, you know, had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you get better each cycle. You learn more. You start to figure out uh, what are the trends, what's going mm-hmm. on, or who's just hype and who's really building. Mm-hmm. And you have to look at everything as a learning experience. If you look at something bad happening if you can if you think of yourself as a victim when something bad happens that's that's just going to hurt you going forward if you look at it as i that was a a really important lesson that's just going to make me more knowledgeable then it makes you stronger moving forward so that would be my advice the other advice i would be is that don't unless what you want to do is be a day trader Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, the big money is generally being made by identifying uh, projects that really have a long-term mission and leadership that is going to stick with it and, and has the funding and the resources to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Over several months, over years, you can make incredible ROI if you invest in the right teams and people. If you're just trying to play whatever's the hot thing at the moment where, you know, so-and-so influencer is suddenly pumping this cash tag a lot. Yeah. That's totally, that's different. I mean, that's, that's, that's mostly gambling. And I mean, the, the plays that I've made the most on, like I was in Matic, uh, Polygon, like at like, you know, one cent or so. I understood what they were doing. I understood that it was an important solution to a lot of the issues regarding ETH fees. And so staying the course, that's how, how you make the big multiples, the 50, 100, 200 Xs. And so if you have a great project that's doing great things, um, you want to stay course. Doesn't mean that you can't scale out and take some profits along the way, but um, a lot, too many people try to be too perfect, dart in, dart out, be on every hot trend. And you're really often just playing yourself. I agree. You are such a wealth of information and we also have a lot in common. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. We found out that we <laughs> that there's a few rabbit holes that we enjoy. Um, but one interesting thing that I found out um, that we have in common is a favorite book. We were on set oh, yeah. and I gave Leia a copy of The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. I, I thought that she would enjoy reading it. And when I gave it to her, you said, oh my God, that's one of my favorite books. It's really kind of changed my life. And it really kind of changed my life too. And then I also yeah. read a few other um, of his books. And so for anyone who hasn't read it, I do recommend it. But I'm wondering, in your words, what is a superior man? And how has that kind of changed your life? Or how do you embody that in your day-to-day life? Yeah. And so the first thing I want to say is because a lot of in this, especially in today's culture, a lot of people get sensitive. So when when he says the way of the superior man, he doesn't mean superior to women. He means superior to other men. <laughs> so that's the first thing I want to clarify. Um, I think that the biggest lesson that that is that is in that book is that you have to above all find a calling and to have a greater purpose. And if you have that then you'll achieve success and then things regarding comfort and companionship, all that stuff will, will just come along the way with it. If you are inherently kind of a weaker person and you're, you're don't have a purpose, but you're just always thinking about how can I be more comfortable? How can I have people love me? You're actually going to not be as successful in life generally. Um, And so 
I've read that book in my my early 20s. Um, I think that the, our educational system doesn't do enough about teaching you how to be successful. Um, in, in school, you mostly learn how to regurgitate information. And in a lot of ways, unfortunately, they're training you kind of to be a lower level employee, I think, because that's what a lot of lower level employees do. They just regurgitate information. And I think in this day and age, a lot of that is going to end up being replaced by automation and AI. And it's really thinking outside the box creatively and creating symphony among different things going on, which is going to be uh, an important skill. And uh, so I think that, you know, I learned a lot in terms of how to be successful from books. And that, that was one of them. And other ones are books from like Anthony Robbins, Awaken the Giant within is like a huge one uh brian tracy focal point eat the frog i found that i learned more from gurus oh uh, robert kiyosaki rich dad poor dad i find that more books about how to be successful how to have a successful mindset were more influential to me than than school in a lot of ways so david dida way of superior man that was a good one now just a couple of quick questions and then we'll wrap sure. up i promise okay. Okay. So I call this a quick take section, usually designed for just one word or, or shorter answers. So okay. what is your most used crypto slang IRL? Uh, definitely FOMO, because that's what <laughs> that, that's a positive one. So we always want to think positive. <laughs> I feel that every day. Who is your Web3 crush? Uh, I'll say Paris Hilton, because she's overcome a lot went through difficult things and she's done, she's done a really good job with her branding and, um, and growing herself as a business. And she didn't have to, because she could have just been a trust fund person that was incredibly lazy, but she chooses to work hard and, uh, has a great style and brand. Exactly. And look what that TV show did for them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Community or utility. I think you need to have both. I think that the people who are community maximalists sometimes are missing a piece and the people that are utility mm -hmm. uh, maximalists are really often missing a piece that they're not, they're not thinking that the community matters. And either way, it's a big mistake. I think you need to have both. Which do you prefer Hollywood exec or crypto degen? <laughs> uh, I guess that you could, I'm, I'm exactly since, since I'm the co-creator and producer of this TV show, Hollywood TV show about crypto, I'm exactly the hybrid in between. <laughs> All right. You're the first of your kind. I like right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A crossbreed. <laughs> so on that note, complete the sentence. The next crypto gem is. Taking crypto mainstream globally. Love that. So just last words, what excites you the most about the future of crypto and Web3? I think decentralization. Uh, I think what we've seen over the last several years in Web2 is that we often have just a few small people like in Facebook, Twitter, making monumental decisions affecting mm -hmm. tens of millions, hundreds of millions of their users. I think that 
Web3 is an aspiration at this point, but with it comes the promise of something better and, and something more fair where um, that's that that everyone can participate. And I, I do believe in the power of the masses, uh, the collect their collective intelligence. And I believe that that can be realized in Web3. And if there's one thing that you hope people learn from this interview or you hope that they take away, what would it be? Um, I would say that... Um, if they just get to know me and you a little bit more, that's the most important thing. I think that sometimes you see an interview and you just think that hmm, this person's interesting. I want to know more. You can follow me on Twitter at UltraStarter, and uh, it's just this is um, this is just a little tiny slice, right? We're on this incredible journey. We're all on this journey, and you know, we're, we're, it, it pays to do interesting things. Uh, when you try to do something interesting, like this TV show, um, we're, we're in, I'm in joy all the time because I know this is what I wanted to do. And, uh, if you want to, if you think it's interesting, you want to follow along, just, just follow me, follow you, Jade, and, and, uh, we'll keep on building our, our, our community of believers in web three. And it's fun to follow along because we're watching you and your purpose and you're not mm -hmm. chasing comfort. It wouldn't be comfortable to go try to do the first crypto TV show. That's crazy, right. right? But you're having such a great time because you have such a noble cause and it drives you. And that's why it was so much fun to be on set. And it's been so much fun to get to know you and a more personal side of you. And I'm sure we'll be doing this again soon. We'll do this again. Yeah, for sure. After after when it comes out, <laughs> that'll be really good. We will need to have a catch up. I really appreciate your time today, Jet, and asking all of my questions. And I know everyone watching will as well. So for them to follow you, we will link to your Twitter, Ultra Starter. And then is there anywhere else that people should follow along? Uh, if you go to the, if you go to mine, uh, you can see the link to the Hourglass Twitter in my profile. Follow that. And from, from that, you can see the link to our Telegram group and all that. So, yeah, those two has all the information you need. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And I am so excited to watch the show when it comes out in June or July. You've absolutely made my day, my week. This has been the best experience, and I know it's only going to get better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think you're going to be – you see, you didn't see the footage of yourself because you're in front of the camera. But I, I saw it on the screens, and it looks – fantastic and uh, i think you're gonna like it and your parents will be very proud as well and your oh, friends <laughs> oh my god thank you jet I, I mean i'm just i'm so happy i can't even find the right adjectives to share but thank That's you awesome. so much and um we'll see you guys next time on the next episode of behind the pfp until next time take care